I did. Married. It's cool, cause I used to be scared of the dick. Then I throw lips to the shit. Handy, like a real bitch. And the huts of Jenny Jackson. Take it in the butt. Yes, that sucks. <sighs> a good hymn. A good old Negro spiritual from the early 90s. Okay. I said a Negro spiritual, girl. Then I must not be a Negro, because I don't know that spiritual. You don't know Kimberly Jones? Girl, go on. You know, the, you know the song. You know the words. You know the person. Don't act like that. Give her her things. Her name is Little Miss Kim. Sorry, Little Miss Kim. I didn't say Little Kim. I said Little Miss Kim. You know who I'm talking about. That mm-hmm. girl. That's the one, Daniel's son. Mm-hmm. That's the one. Okay. All right. That being said, it's been a, it's been a good week without us, but here we are, honey, and welcome back to the trip at the rodeo. I am your host, Lonnie, and your co-host, Aaliyah. And welcome back to the show that judges you, your horse ways, and the display you put online for social media. Welcome to who raised all of you hoes, hoes, hoes. Y'all some hoes. And it's been quite a time to be alive while we've been gone. Um, sidebar, before we get started, um, we have to congratulate, first things first, to um, one Sean Carter, who has become the first hip-hop billionaire on his own accord. Okay. The first hip-hop billionaire. Okay. So it's it's quite it's quite an achievement. It Hip-hop is. Hip hop finally has a billionaire. It is. Lord knows, cause we don't have more than enough in country music. I ain't gonna get into that debate right now. Um, I think yeah, it's just it's been quite a time to be alive. Um, on your television, though, what have you been watching as of late? Oh, just a whole bunch of mess. What kind of mess, child? Oh, child, know. everything. What, like what? <sighs> Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. I have. I Little have, Women Atlanta. Real Housewives of Potomac. No, that, that's not my seat. What else? What else have you watching? The Shy. We're going we to get into that one. We're going to get into that one a little bit. That's going to be covered. That's going to be The Shy. Oh, child. But What's up? I know it's coming. What's up? I'm dreading it because I haven't finished it yet. Let's start there then. When they see us. Now, here's the thing that a lot of people didn't get when I started to do um, or talk about when they see us. Aaliyah has not watched all of when they see us. So I'm restricted to what I can and cannot say about the show as of yet because Aaliyah hasn't watched it yet. Um, if you don't aren't familiar with when they see us, it goes. It start um the story of the Central Park Five. Um, if you don't know who the Central Park Five is, they were basically cons- they were accused, they were charged, convicted, and they served time for a crime they did not commit. Now, at that time, which was the late eighties, it was one of the first times that we ever saw the system do injustice to not just black people in general, but young black men. Now, if I can go up to like part four, because that's where Leah is right now. Um, 
And yeah, I had to stop. I couldn't. I could not get past that part when when they told Corey that his his sister his sister thank you died, and he was screaming, "Don't nobody give a fuck about me! Don't nobody give a fuck!" I couldn't do it. I was like, "I'm not crying. I'm not doing this right now." And it was it it started to build up as the episode, like since the episode started, because it's like, "Yo, he's a fucking baby." And he was thrust into an adult situation where he had to fend for himself and he had no one to protect him. And like the longer he stayed there, the more he realized there's nobody here to fucking protect me if I should need it. Right. And that shit just tore at me. But then when he was screaming, you know, don't nobody give a fuck about me. And that officer hugged him and just like you could just see the, the like the care and compassion for him. Like. It wasn't that he was trying to restrain him. He was tr- trying to restrain him, but also give him that love that he needed at that one point. And that shit almost took me the fuck out. I had to stop. I promise you that scene did it. The scene, the part that a lot of people understand, I still don't know all their names offhand, but of course everyone knows the name Corey Wise if you watched the movie thus far. Um, for Corey, it was more so... Don't spoil you, it. I'm Well, I can spoil it to part four. The, but um, you can't spoil the end of part four. I told you where I stopped for a reason. I'm, I know. And I know where I'm going up to. Because you just told me where you are. Okay. So I can't go any further. Okay. It gets better. I know. It gets so much better. I know. But you really... I'm going to get to that. So the thing about Corey um, in the story, Corey really went to the precinct to accompany his friend. Mm-hmm. He was never really in the park, if you pay attention. Yeah. And he... He ne- he was he wasn't really intended to get wrapped up in this, but because they couldn't place them there, uh-huh. they decided to rope the friend in. And the way that he looked, he didn't understand a lot. He couldn't read very well, and you you thrust him into a situation where things are happening so quickly. Uh-huh. He's thinking, okay, I'm just here because this dude mom's gonna kick my ass if I if I'm not here with him to let her know what's going on. And he's put in this situation where he's now confessing to doing it and you know They They had this misconception that if they confessed they were going home. But see the thing is that's what that's what I notice. Because if you guys have not seen Making a Murder yet, you should. Because I watched that prior to this. That's what they typically do to to um, suspects that are underage. Mm-hmm. They keep them there. They keep, they hold them captive don't and make them. them, you know, and they they tire them out. They don't feed them. They you know, feed all these promises to him because all they want is some sort of protection because they, they're afraid. And it's actually illegal to do that. But it's a it's what some cops deem a a um an acceptable tactic uh-huh. against children. And it's like with Brendan Dassey. They knew he couldn't read well. They knew he wasn't up to speed as, you know, saying, you know, some kids his age. So they use that to their advantage. They and they what they also um, 
bank on is families not knowing their rights. They, I want you to, I'm gonna stop you right there because we gonna go and I forget which because I told you with them I for, I didn't really pick like it was I forgot his name. Damn were, it! If you remember where I'm going with this, yeah, there was the one the one little boy that had the father. Now his father. It's really the reason that he got incarcerated to pay attention or he even got involved in that. Mm-hmm. Because his father told him the age old story that every If black you just man, give them what they want, they'll let you go home. But they they make them believe that that promise and they have them sign these documents and you know they you, wind up getting into so much more because Especially if you have someone like Corey who can't read and doesn't understand the situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. You can get them to sign anything. Anyway. Because all you got to do is write the statement. He's not going to read it. All he wants to do is go home. And you telling him, yeah, if you just sign this piece of paper, you can go home. But you're not going to go home. Exactly. And the thing was, I applaud the one of the um, boys' moms. And she was a single mother. Salim's, uh, Yusuf's mom. Yes. She stopped them. She was like, not my baby, not today. She said, and I quote, she went to that bitch, and I call I don't like calling women bitches, but that bitch, Linda fucking Fairstein, and oh, you think you hate her now? Wait till you get the end part for her. I so, wanted to beat her ass. Wait until Oh, I wanted to beat her ass. Wait until you get to the end Because the prosecutor was like, look. We can't place him here. We don't have any DNA. And see, and that's the thing with that as well. A lot of people can say, oh, this isn't about race. This isn't about race. It's absolutely about race because Everything you spun a narrative when you thought you had arrested the people who did it. You spun a narrative about them. Mm-hmm. And it's an age old narrative. We can go way back to Emmett Till. Yes, we the can. same fucking narrative. That black men, black boys are just brazen. They're crazy. They're animalistic. It's the same fucking narrative. And, you know, in the absence of pure logic, the jury still convicted them. The woman didn't say that it wasn't them. They didn't ask her either. Exactly. But they saw this Paul's, you know, sob story looking white woman get up to the fucking to the fucking stand who didn't remember shit. And then the DNA analysis that came back was not theirs. It was not them. They couldn't link them to the scene. And they, they and the, the guy who, who did the test said no, it was not any of them. But that's what that's what, what got to me. But then I also understood because this case lacked logic it was and it's like if anybody was completely logical they would say okay dna has to connect you to something if it's inconclusive from the cervical from the cervical evidence and it's inconclusive from the sock that you found at the at the crime scene obviously it means they didn't do it but she had to sneak in there oh because the dna isn't there doesn't mean that they're they're not guilty it absolutely means that they're not guilty because you you're basing it on because you're basing it on DNA that's not theirs, and the times don't match up. And they showed them a map of the of Central Park at the time where they placed the murder and where she was actually found. 
two completely different areas. And keep how they push the timeline up. To exactly. It. This is what I'm saying. And then when you sit back and really think about it, up oh, when oh God, I wish you would have finished. I really Yeah, do. you can't. We I gotta really stop. Do. We gotta stop. Because when you get to the end, bruh, it just it drives it home. And it's just I sell it to everybody that that I can tell. And of course, Aaliyah was completely biased because the same way she feels about black porn trauma, as she calls it, I feel the same way about slave films. I can do without. But see, it's all. all But see, the thing is, it's all the same. And I was when I saw that it was coming out, I wanted to watch it because I love how she did thirteen. I loved it. But in the age we're in now, where we can readily see black men and women. Black men, women, and children getting yes. killed on social media. Yes. We can see it on YouTube. We can yes. search it on fucking on the fucking internet. Yes. We're we're so overstimulated by our pain and our issues. We don't we, we become numb and it's to a point for some of us, it's annoying to look at because it's like, okay, how many times are we gonna tell the same story? And how many times are we not are we gonna have the same reactions to it? We're not gonna do anything about it. But on the other on the other side of that, someone also told me they're like, you know, it's okay and it's perfectly fine to be annoyed with it. But these men deserve to tell their story. They deserve yes, they to do. tell their truth. Yes. And the way that they told it, it it's gut wrenching, it's visceral, but it's their truth and what it's their story. It was a story that needed to be told. Exactly. It needed to but be documented. it's also a story that is a an endless fucking cycle. It is a story that has been told since the days of slavery. Emmett Till. Like, you know, who whoever else. And it reminds me of the case in Howard Beach, New York. No one know if you remember. It's a couple years ago. Her name was Karina Vitrano. She was a runner in a park. Now, they found this mentally disabled boy. And they said, you did it. And he's like, I was never there. I didn't, you know, and they coerced a statement from him too. Saying that, oh, I only strangled her because I was angry. I had anger issues and I strangled her because she was white. But all signs point to the father doing it. Do your Googles. It's, it's quite a story, but it reminded me of that. The same fucking narrative. This black man or black boys uh, did this to this white woman. Now, we already know how the world has to stop when a white woman gets to, gets to crying, okay. when she gets killed, uh, when she gets harmed. Uh, so we already know how that ball spins all the time. And the story is the same every time. But... Our reactions are the same every time. What do we do? We get out there, we march, we get on social media, we don't do shit else. So what else What else are we going to do? I have a prime example of what you just said, and it's recent as hell. Now, I have been avoiding a story because I hate reading about it, in all honesty, but it's something that black mothers in particular need to pay attention to. Now, I don't remember this young lady, this beautiful little girl's name. Malia Davis? Yes. Now, keep in mind, unless you really saw the story on social media, you saw nothing about it. 
in the news really at all, if you even saw it. But, but, this white mom that mysteriously went missing, we get day after day detail that she's been missing for a week. This little girl was killed by her mother's boyfriend because she had him watch her. And they tell black mothers, because Lord knows every black mother loves to do it, anybody that's willing to take their child off their hands for a short period of time, they'll do it and not realize not everyone you should leave your child around. And it's just the truth of the matter. You mm-hmm. can't leave your kid around everybody. But it's just the same thing. And you become numb to half of the stuff you see, read, or see on the news, or even read whenever you're online and you see a headline for a news story. You become numb to it. And in this instance, when you hear the story about the Central Park Five, this was the beginning of how corrupt the system really was because this was back in the 80s. Or it's at not even the beginning, four, though. Not even the beginning, but it was the first time we harshly heard that someone was falsely accused in that time. This yeah, was the but early 80s. what we don't realize is their, their case is just one of many high, like not many high profile cases of shit that happens every day. Every flipping day. And mind you, this case is 30 years old. I was about, what, a month and a couple days old when this happened? I was going on two. So, you know, this shit happens every day. Every and day. it's like I said, we have these knee-jerk reactions to getting angry. To, oh, let's boycott this person and that person. Okay, that's the reaction we have every single time. Oh no, fuck that. With Linda Forrestine, that bitch is getting boycotted. I'm ensuring that the bitch books get pulled. Okay, but the thing is, no. that's that's something that happened. That's a result of stuff like this every time. But we're not we're not evolving in the way that we deal with this. And that's the part that annoys me because it's like, okay, you're getting my emotions riled up for what? Now, this is, and I say the same thing about the people that are so-called woke and have all this information. I'm like, okay, you have all this information, sis, but what are you doing with it? Like, what, are you using it to educate other people? Are you actually going to fill paperwork out to put a stop to what you already know is the truth? If you're not doing anything, you're basically just holding on to knowledge and sitting on it to your own enjoyment. Now, I say all that to say this. When you see stuff like this, of course you get... We all love cancel culture. It's not a cancel. It's a straight up fuck her. Um, but it's just more so it's sad, especially when you see the story. And then I love the part where um, Raymond spoke... Where Raymond... Um, I think he went with his um, his probation officer. And they explained how the system works when you first come out. Uh-huh. Like you can't come in contact with another convict. You can't work on the same shift with another convict. And you have to be home before like 9 p.m. So yeah. it's like, how are you supposed to work? How are you supposed to earn a living if you're under all these strict guidelines? Yeah. Then also with, I believe it was Yusef, where with he, the bar, what the barber said, when they got you, they got, they got you. you. Not just that, it's also um, the dude that was trying to date his co-worker and how she was sitting there and he kept telling her, like, listen, I'm going to get this certain amount of money. Uh-huh. I'm trying to save it to get out of my situation. And you saw how when she got angry and retaliated, she, she, threw it in, she threw it in his face. And that's the same thing with Raymond's stepmother. Oh, she threw it in his how face. How she threw it in his face and oh. got him, possibly got him arrested. That's what I last saw. But 
you yeah, know. He went, but he but he also did go back to hustling at the uh, for That's true. Find a job. But then it's like okay. You know, and I liked how they did everything in their power to resist the stereotype that was placed on them when this whole thing was going on. And that was something that that moved me because it's like, okay, no, we fucked up because we were young. We ain't fucking up now that we out of jail and we trying to create a life for ourselves. We are not rapists. We are not going to confess to something we know we did not do. And what you see, like um, she just mentioned, and she goes in the film, did you go to um, the parole hearings yet? Parole hearings? Okay, I'm not going to talk about Wait, that. Wait, when he had to register as sex offenders? No. No. So no, I probably didn't, you get, didn't there get there yet. You didn't get there yet. I'm not a, but if you got to when he found out about his sister, you didn't get to any parole hearings? Uh-uh. Okay, I'm not gonna talk so about I no, when I like I literally stopped when the 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 CEO had hugged him because I was like, nope, I'm not about to cry, I'm not doing it. So I was like, I, I gotta turn all, this off. First of all, first of all, before we even get off this topic, I need to sit here and really congratulate and thank Gerald Jerome. He is the guy that played Corey Wise in the show. I mean, in the movie. Gerald Jerome, if a lot of you guys didn't recognize Gerald Jerome. He played in Moonlight. He played in Moonlight. Now, he is unproblematic as hell and proud of it. And I love the fact that he said for three months, I was Corey Wise. Yeah, and she actually had to have grief counselors on set because of how heavy the filming was. And how much they had to be in character, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like, yeah, it was it was deep. If you have and it, not, it really is very heavy. I, I was surprised I got as far as I did. That's why when you was telling me that you didn't want to watch it, I'm like, "No, Aaliyah." I, I wanted to watch it, but you. not for the reasons that people were watching it. No, you know, I was like, "No, I," and I was saying it to you as someone that is as pro black as I know. I'm like, I it wasn't no I want you I need you to watch this no you needed me to watch it so we could talk about it that too and I can't wait for you to finish so we can really talk about Mm. it because you didn't get to the good part yet child my my blood pressure be all high and shit I wanted to beat that white bitch ooh I wanted to beat her ass oh you really wanna hate her so we're gonna get off of that and it's time to scroll on um we have missed a week so we're here in week two and there's a lot that's gone on but um we're going to start with Nasal E, oh, a.k.a. Shit. Nose Job, a.k.a. I'm light-skinned and I'm prettier and better than all of you girls. And pop my butt, pop, 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 pop my butt. <laughs> I will never... Say it to Harriet Tubman. Say it! Say it! It was such so a serious many, moment, but I swear so I was cackling when she said, Say it to Harriet Tubman. Say it. Girl, you so loud. <laughs> so she releases a diss track to the City Girls. Um, I don't know exactly what she said because, you know, I personally do not care to listen to it. Only because of the fact that it's, um, it's Nasal E-Girl. And the way I'm set up, I don't support her. I don't like her. And ever since she made that remark, especially in regards to colorism, I can't support you, sis. So, um, Young Miami is from the hood. And Young Miami is ratchet and ignorant. And we love her ratchet and ignorant ass. So, 
instead of what she was trying to re- do, which she later on revealed, um, young Miami was like, uh, you got so much to say, you can pull up. Like, we ain't got to take exactly. this. Exactly. We ain't got to do all the social media shit. Like, right, you can just pull up. And so then, Jocelyn, decide, uh, mind you, Young Miami, not only did she respond to her, she also reposted the cover of the song, Everything Told the Streaming, but she said, but you sat here and talked about my mother, you talked about my son. Nah, bitch, we can pull up. So, I'm really with all the shit. So, let's go. Exactly. So, then Jocelyn Hernandez, besides, she wants to chime in and throw support behind Hazel E. She's so fucking annoying, yo. She really is. Don't nobody care about you, yo. And then, mind you, she jumped in it because what she did later on was reveal why she jumped in it. She decided to throw a promo for her fucking song, Hate Me Now, which was a response to... um, To Cardi B. Yeah, she made about Cardi B. I'm like... Girl, even Cardi didn't pay you no fucking attention. Exactly. So, mind you, she kept saying, like, yo, Jocelyn, you in Miami, I'm in Miami. Drop the address so we can fight, pull up. And then Jocelyn got pussy and said no. I'm like, this go to show you. And not to mention, after, I want to say, like, a day or two after all this happened, she she calls in the TMZ, Hazel E., and was like, oh, you know, we had just lost Nipsey Hussle to the senator, first of all. You ain't giving shit about none of that when you was going after this little girl on social media. You old enough to be his girl's mother. Like, you are old. Both of y'all are old as hell. My young Miami is, like I said, young, ignorant, and ratchet. A, and at the end of the day, she's a kid compared to y'all. And y'all sitting here going back and forth for her. She got her. Y'all, y'all thought y'all were going to get notoriety for going after her? Mind you, Hazel E has been looking nothing but crazy ever fucking since. Oh, <sighs> So. Onward to um, Petty Season 2019. Yeah, what is this shit going on with Drake? And I saw some white woman wore a t-shirt and he still got her OVO tickets. And I was like, okay, whatever. I don't. So Drake um, decided to taunt like most basketball fans do um, when you're rooting for a team. He decided to go ahead and start taunting. um, Wait, wait, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I got it right. So, um, he decided to go taunting because Toronto was up to go to the NBA Finals. So, he decided to go taunting them um, and making, like, remarks to them on the sidelines. And then the owner of... The owner's daughter of the Golden State Warriors decided to wear a Pusha T-shirt to the next game. Thought that was going to do something to Drake. Mind you, afterwards, he's sitting here talking hella shit to Steph Curry. He pulling lit out of Steph Curry's hair. Offering to sell his hair, his the lint from his hair on eBay, it 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 was just petty season twenty nineteen, and I lived for it because everyone does not understand. Drake has always been petty just about all his fucking life. If you have not noticed, if this is new to you, then you really must be new because Drake has always been motherfucking petty, bitch. This is nothing new to me. When Jesus says yes. Nobody can say no when Jesus says yes. Nobody can say no. Robert. Oh, fuck my soul. Robert is being charged with 11 additional sex crimes in Chicago. Now, I didn't care to look at the details to find out what he was being charged with. But I also did see something today in regards to that one of his employees says there's more sex tapes. So, Robert, girl, just prepare 
to be tortured, brutally raped, and all that shit in prison because they waiting on your ass at this point. They are waiting on that ass. They don't care. They want you to come. We were just talking about this show, and it's interesting that it has now come back up. Um, for the fans of The Shy, I know mm-hmm. you guys have heard, but I'm here with I'm here with the news. Jason Mitchell has been removed from the show, aka fired, and and he's been dropped by his agency. Yep, and he lost everything, like all the roles and stuff he was supposed to be in. And I did not know the girl who plays Jerrica, his his girlfriend on the show. She was the one making all the she accusations. She was the one making all the accusations. And it was so bad that she could not film with him without her fiancé being present it, it's on fiance, set. Her fiancé is from another show. I think so. I don't yeah, remember he's who he is. But I was like, yo, yeah, that's she, crazy. She put in the request. And they, uh, Lena Waithe actually called into Power 105 and she said she had originally left the situation to be handled by the showrunner. Mm-hmm. And she thought, because she said that Jerrica actually came with the allegations in season one. Yeah, this is how far back it goes. And wow. she thought that the showrunner had basically fizzled things over, everything was fine. And then Jerrica came while they were filming. And like, I want to say she said, like, in the middle of season two, I could be wrong. And she said that she made the accusations still... again. So th- in turn, she had they had her go to human resources with the whole situation yeah. and that so basically they tried to squash it down at they level and then it just kept it kept go, it kept boiling over so they're like no just go to human resources and that's when everything transpired mm-hmm. now also due to everything that's taking place um he also lost a nomination that he had for the MTV video um yeah. the MTV movie movie and video music awards i believe i'm saying it wrong but whatever no it's movie and television he lost his nomination did you, did you hear where they hold the next one? Mm-hmm. Did you hear where they hold the next MTV Awards? Yeah. Prudential Center. I'm staying my black ass in the fucking house. I'm going to Uber that ass. It's going to be fine. Well, yeah, you can go ahead and do Uber. that, but I'm, I'm staying Uber. my black ass. Home. I'm going to Uber there. Because it's, uh, it's going to be fucking people everywhere. Oh, God, white people. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, so <laughs> that, I wonder how. They're gonna carry the show on after that. Like, I wonder how they're gonna wind up writing him the, off. The problem is, he's one of the he he is, is the, main the main character for the show. So I wonder how they're gonna write him off and probably bring someone else to the forefront. But I don't think anyone ha- anyone else has a strong enough story to be at the forefront. The only other person that has a strong enough story would be Kevin. The, low, the other the little, little boy from little Moonlight. One. Yeah. Mm. And remember, and it took me a while because I had watched Moonlight the other day. And then I was like, wait a minute. I know this little boy. But see, I don't, think, I don't think Kevin has a strong enough story. The only other person that would have a strong enough story would be um, Jacob Lattimore's character. Um, um, um. What's his name? What's Jack? that child name? Um, Jerome, Jason. Jason. No, Jason no. is the boy that got shot. No, um, that was Coogie. What's his name? Emmett. Yes. There you go. Emmett. <clears throat> I don't know. Like, in all honesty, I just want him to grow the fuck up. I, and at this point in the show, I just want him to grow the fuck up. Because... He does He does need to grow up, but that's his character, though. His, his Like, the way he is and his immaturity is the 
is his story, but I think that showing his think that showing his growth would be good, but it can only be good but for so long. Right. It's gonna have a power effect to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How power has the same formula every time. It's big supplier and then supplier throws a whole bunch of shit into fucking chaos and then the chaos winds up ending at this point where they kill the supplier and then they start all over again. Speaking of power. Oh. The the debt collection agency known as FinCEN. So, I thought with Rotimi he was trolling. With the white guy, I knew he probably wasn't trolling. But I thought with Rotimi he was trolling. I think he is trolling. Because I don't take it seriously. Because they know each other. It's not like a we know each other in the industry. And can we please... Can I make one simple request? Because before I'm going to get into what happened with Rotimi. So apparently Rotimi actually just put out an EP called Walk With Me. It went to number one on the R&B chart, on the R&B billboard charts. Okay. And he was saying, oh, now that you went to number one, oh, you can pay me back the, the money you owe me. And so apparently yeah. it's $300,000 that he apparently owes 50 cents. Now, um, in hindsight, Rotimi says that's not true. Um, and 50, of course, responded, but then Snoop came in and offered to give 50 to 300 million because he's like, you don't want him to kill him with power. That's, oh, yeah, because he's like, yo, I want you to kill my man's on power, but now, yo, summer I, gonna be crazy. But you remember, power's going on at the end of summer, just to let you know. And I still feel a way about Insecure because I used to watch both at the same time. Don't get me fucking started. This is gonna be whack ass up. Because I get it. <laughs> Listen, we need to pull draw off of games people play because the shit is old now. The show is fucking annoying. Like I'm about I only just watch it because I just need something to watch. But it I mean, it's he is fine. Uh, he is fine as shit. He is fine. I like I, mean, I just remember him when you know, he was on the fucking insecure that's her sex scene with him and Molly. I was like Ciao. I just want him to be honest. I can't. Oh, oh my God, I can't do that. So I need I need to go home. My, I need to go home, my future husband. <laughs> so, um, long story short, if you niggas owe 50 Cent any fucking buddy. Give him his coin. Please give him his coin. Because I ain't trying to see He is worse than fucking Navient. He is worse than the IRS. He is going to find you. He is going to troll you. And he, he is going to ensure you are going to pay. He will collect. Shit is annoying to watch at this point. Grown ass men. Okay, grown ass fucking men. Now, I don't know what to make of this, and you're a woman, so maybe you would understand. I understand, but then again, I just don't. Um, last year, Iggy Azalea did a um, photo shoot with Maximum, I believe. Maximum? Maxim. Maxim? I don't give a shit. Um, and she took, of course, every artist has a picture of them holding their breasts. Like to the side or to the front of the camera, they're just holding it. They think it looks cute. Mm-hmm. And they're holding, showing the firmness of their tits mm-hmm. while they're nice and perky before they get droopy and low. And apparently, um, Iggy felt comfortable enough to take pictures of or have a camera around while she was topless, completely exposed. Um, one way or another, the photographer, I guess, had their laptop or something um, hacked and they leaked out the photos from the photo shoot of her being topless. Um, Iggy felt objectified once the photos were released and 
she went on to delete her Instagram and her Twitter and threatened legal action for it being released. The photographer, of course, apologized. And now she's, of course, threat- still threatening legal action. I don't know how to feel about this because it just sits, but I'm not also a guy. I guess, and I'm a little problematic with things I like guess this. I'm straddling the fence because it's like what Crystal said on the read this week. It's just titties. It's like, titties. And then it's like, it's not like people can go. Isn't this her second time getting hats? Oh, no, that was Jennifer Lawrence. My bad. And, but, the, and I was about to say, because Lord knows Amber Rose had the damn near all of it out there right now. So it's like, you know, I'm straddling the fence. Like I said, Crystal said, it's just titties. I agree, because you can just Google your fucking titties on the internet. It's probably somewhere, whatever. But then I also see it on the same coin as your privacy. It is your privacy. Right. You know, it's like how some men would say, well, why don't women want us to see them in their underwear, but they wear bikinis on the beach? It's not one the same one thing. is more intimate and the other is more, okay, I'm comfortable with My the body. openness. Right. And it, it's, the, it's the same coin. So, you know what? It's like, imagine, and I would say it to dudes, imagine, well, dudes are different. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this. I'm gonna be a little, a little. I'm gonna play devil advocate for a minute. Okay. Um, dudes love to sit here and they be like, oh, it's just titties. And like I said, I'm slightly problematic with the situation anyway. Um, trash. So my question would be, men love if they if they feel like their dick is out there. If they feel like their I saw. If they felt like their dick was out there, they don't give a shit. They're like, well, shit, my shit big anyway. Who gives a fuck? But imagine if a dude had a picture of their ass out there with their face. Not saying you tuned it up. Let's say you turned around, you in the house with your girl. She might take a picture of you walking around ass naked and you just see ass. You might get offended. Like, yo, let's take pictures of my ass. That's like a dude. And I say it all the time. Straight men understand consent when it comes from another man. Hello, because when you sure try to stick your finger up a straight man's ass, he understand consent then. The fuck you doing? Put, don't put no things in my ass, man. Shit. So, how is that so hard? So, I, and you know, I get it. Because I know if it was me, okay, yeah. I, I mean... The person who did my fucking pelvic exam for the military was an old Asian man. Now, I'm completely comfortable being naked. You haven't seen all of it, so it don't matter to me. But for some women, it's different. So... I still came into a new beach, by the way, because then, yeah. So, it, it... How I see it, I got my own problems. But, you know, if she wants to deal with it in a way that makes her feel comfortable or makes her feel like she's taking her power back i'm all for it sis do what you gotta do i mean it is what it is i mean but at the end of the day i'm just gonna say it again so we all be on the same page it's just titties um (laughs) i'm just saying i can understand if it's out there you got like it's just titties titties. i can understand if you out there like legs spread wide open and you just playing with the clitoris that's completely different because i'd be mortified if i if somebody had a video of me busting it wide open like i mm -mm. um we're gonna be light for one second. Um, since Santana is first of all single fucking goals. Oh my fucking god. She, she is, is so fucking beautiful. Oh my god. Like she's out here looking her best. Like she's unbothered. 
She doesn't. And the thing I love about it is she does not shade Joe in the slightest. Because she knows just as quick as she got him, she can get another nigga. Or she can get him the fuck back. Exactly. It's like, listen, I. And the funny part is, and the, I want all men to understand, this is like the second chick, third, that has walked away from Joe Bunning. The third female. Like, he has a thing for strong women. He loves them, but they don't love him in return. Hmm. Please keep that in mind. They don't love him in return because they are independent enough to be like, oh, I don't need you. I want you. I don't need you. And the minute y'all hoes learn that, the difference between those things and what I just said, y'all will be a whole lot better than crying over some dick. I'm just saying. Hello. <sighs> On to um, other news. Meek Mill was denied entrance into the Vegas Cosmopolitan Hotel. I don't know how to feel about this. Because I did not watch the video. I, I didn't watch it care. either. I just saw it and was like, oh. Like, the thing that people have to understand, especially when it's certain places, like, y'all all sit here like, oh, that's mad racist. Y'all let so-and-so in. There's something that I need everyone to understand that is listening. Places have the right to be selective. Every club, country club, nightclubs, hotels, they have a right to be selective. Hello. It's their right. You're coming to their establishment. They could deny you access. It can always happen. And yes, the Cosmopolitan Hotel issued me an apology. But in the same sense, they have a right to tell you no. We are growing up in a generation that feels so entitled to hear yes all the time that they don't know how to take a no. Exactly. Like, they can tell you no. I could be like, oh, well, fuck you. And speed off. That's my right. Exactly, because I have a right to preserve my brand. And if you are not a good look for my brand, then... No. You coming in... First of all, I'm pretty sure y'all smell like fucking hella bud. Hella bud. Y'all probably came in with fucking jewelry. Probably had a bottle of Douce walking in with y'all. You know how rappers love to be flashy. And this is all you do. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But it is what it is. You know, of course, everybody jumping on social media like that's fucked up. No, it's not. It's called the right to be fucking selective. Just like how you want to entertain a fuckboy or just some basic bitch. They have the right to tell him, no, you can't come in our hotel. They have that right, sis. Exactly. Just letting y'all know in case you felt like you didn't need to know. Yeah, I think that's all I got because we spoke about the next thing that you have on here, which was um, Malia Davis, where it was confirmed. First of all, the, the stepfather confessed, and they found about the rest of the remains. Yeah, they confirmed that the remains that they found in Arkansas, the bag were hers, and you know, I knew weeks ago they killed that baby. Everybody did because he looked. It looked real suspicious when he came out the house with that damn bucket. Yep, and the dogs had smelled decomposition in, in the drains, and. There, there. A lot of people are starting to look at the mother to see to like. She had to have known. She knew something. Every and just like how you have fathers that ain't shit, you have mothers that ain't shit. It's another story that's similar to this. Where, that one in New York where that man chained his his daughter and himself inside the car. No, it's another one where a dude, the mother decided to get back at the ex-boyfriend because he was a good father to his daughter. Her and the boyfriend decided to kill the little girl. I think you remember this. And the dude was going off 
Like, yo, they killed my baby. They killed my baby. You remember what I talked about? And he was in the court just crying. He He killed my baby. He killed my baby. You killed my baby. You're a murderer. Shame on you. Like, and they really killed his daughter. And it, and even when it came to arraignment, they said the mother had a stone cold look on her face. She wouldn't look at him. And he was just there, just crying, like. He was so emotional because they killed his daughter. And he was trying, and it was funny because he was trying to get custody and they wouldn't let him have her. And he cited that she's being abused. Let me take her. They wouldn't let her. They wouldn't let him get her. And next thing you know, she She wound up dead. dead. This is why I say it to the death of me. Not everybody needs to have access to your child or let alone be alone around your child. Mm. You don't know what people are capable of. We are in confusing fucking times. And I know we question who raised y'all hoes, but y'all need to raise y'all kids better. Yeah, you do better by your kids. Do the fuck better. Do better, hell. Do better. Hello. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right the fuck back. Yeah, I had to go refill that good old cup. But while we're here, thank you so much for your continued support for the actual podcast. I really do appreciate it. Um, Please continue to like, which means you actually like what you heard. Rate. It helps us get us up with the rankings, especially with Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, which means you download. Don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. Would you like to keep in contact with the actual conversation going on even after the podcast is released? And yes, I do check my social media handles on the regular. For Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it is WRYH Podcast. Once again, it is WRYH Podcast. I'm also looking to collaborate with other podcasters. Would you like to be on this show? Would you want me on yours? Fine. Email me at WRYH podcast at gmail.com once again it is wryh podcast at gmail.com once again thank you for your continued support and let's get back to the show i'm pretty sure my cup is full by now good fucking times and we're back (sighs) maybe there's black people in fortnite listen that was another good fucking netflix program i hope and pray to god they get season three they need to because that was so good the way a lot of people, I adored Opal and um Please don't say their relationship. I did. I didn't. You know, Opal was so much more grounded and a lot of people didn't like that. Controlling. She was controlling and she was condescending in how she spoke to her at times. Yes, at times, yes, she was very condescending. But she was the the thing that kept that girl. kept that kept uh, Nola rooted. Girl, I felt in reality, like when she would start to kind of drift, it was kind of like that. Girl, it was it was more of a yank than a than a than a slow pull. But girl, I felt I just like the love between them. That like besides all of that, 
like the love between them two was like something I, I adored. I don't. I will never accept anybody for her. I never will, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because first of all, after seeing her with the three guys and actually still seeing them around her for season two, yes, and it's like it's weird how they're still around her. Everybody look at her like, oh, how are you friends with dudes you used to sleep with? Cause we were friends. Friends. So it's different, but. I didn't like her relationship with Opal, especially as time progressed and I saw it. I saw they were breaking up. So, girl, I felt you when you broke up with Opal, girl. I was there. I was like, love is a motherfucker. Fuck this bullshit. Okay? And then... Real ass bitch getting fucked by, by a nigga. nigga. Mind you, they went platinum. <laughs> Shout out to two girls. Yes. Um, they finally went platinum. Which I thought, I'll take your man, would have been platinum before act up. Hmm... I think people were still trying to get acclimated to the city girls when that when that was you know. It's a different feel when you're driving on South Beach, literally before they became a phenomenon that whole summer. Mm-hmm. Like at the very beginning, I was on South Beach blasting. Period. I didn't give a fuck. I was ratchet. I'm like, I'm in Miami, bitch. I'm lit. We blasting. Period. Yeah, I wasn't in Miami. So. Y'all bitches know we live. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Listen, that was my shit for a whole fucking summer. But I do have um we ne- first of all before we can get to the table topic, we never played a game. Oh shit. You know pick one is my favorite game, girl. Pick one is my favorite favorite game. Okay. It's okay. my favorite favorite game. It's my favorite, favorite game. It's my favorite, favorite game. You're doing a it's lot right favorite, now. Favorite, 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 I'm gonna favorite, stop. favorite, 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 favorite game. I'm favorite, good. favorite game. You ain't going no damn way. I said it. And I don't care. Mm-hmm. Born Center, 2014 Forest Hills Drive. I need you to say that again, but a little bit slower. You know, like a normal born, speaking tone. Born Center or 2014 Forest Hills Drive? Because I came into J. Cole pretty late, okay. I'm going to say Forest Hills Drive. Because, and, and I really don't know J. Cole stuff like that. Okay. Only because Ed was a fan. Well, not was. Is. He is a fan. Quite a huge fan. And when I took him to his concert for um, the KOD tour, that was when I really got into him. And I started with that, that album. But um, yeah. I'm going to connect you and say Born Center. Okay. I'm going to say Born Center because I connected with J. Cole on that album. Like I like Sideline Story. Cold World the Sideline Story, which was the first album. But I love, love, See, love See, this Born would Center. be a great conversation between you and Ed. Y'all would probably bond a lot. And see, and it's funny because I told Ed, I was like, Yes, I'm taking you to, to see J. Cole. He was so excited. He was like a kid on Christmas. I've never seen him so excited. He was like, yo, I'm going to go see Cole. I'm going to go see Cole. Like, he took off work. He ain't going to fuck about nobody. He was like, look, I don't give a fuck what you got to talk about. My girl taking me to go see Cole. And I was like, 
let me get drunk because this shit about to be a fucking poetry slam. Like, we was going to have to be like, yes, yes, cool, daddy-o, yes, yes, cool, daddy-o. You must make me spit but, out my nigga, when, but he made me listen to that album two weeks out from the concert. KOD. And I mean, yes, we've listened to almost every song between KOD and every other song that he had. He had to get himself hyped. And it just ramped up the closer we got. And we met a lot of people going to the concert. And we, I was like, okay, I'm going to get drunk. Because I'm like, there's probably no way I'm going to enjoy this. But it's for him. I want him to enjoy it. Whatever. Nigga, when I say that concert was lit, that nigga can put on a fucking show. And he didn't take no breaks. He performed the entire two hours street i had so much fun and i think that he was like the coolest fucking thing walking like i was a fan from then on i was like okay all right cool like i've heard his songs here and there and i liked a lot of them like he did a lot of stuff that you that you know you would just know by him like stuff that was popular so he did in the morning Yes, <sighs> and he also did, he he did like other stuff too. Like for he was like, oh, this this is for my day one fans. And Ed was just fucking sick. He sang everything, everything, and I was like, and it just warmed my heart to see like such a smile on his face. This nigga had a fucking ball. I still got the Snapchat videos to show. Like he had a ball. It was definitely worth the money. <sighs> so I was so. like, yo, I can't wait for him to come out with another album because we're going. To that fucking concert. So, tell the theme of this episode is petty. Tell me the pettiest thing you've ever done in a relationship. I'm gonna let you go first while I search through my mental Rolodex of a really good petty moment. The pettiest thing I've ever done, and this is beyond a relationship, it's just, oh, oh God, um, God, I feel like I'm about to tell myself so bad, um, damn, you really put me on the spot, I can't even really, the pettiest thing I've ever done to a former lover or a lover, mm. See, we both had the thing. See, now if you would have told me about this before, I didn't wish to think about it. I would it. have like I would have had something ready. This like I have to why. think. Like I have to search through like my Rolodex here because I'm like, hmm, because I've done some petty things, but I know I have to find like the like most bestest maniacal, diabolical plan I've ever put in fucking motion. Oh shit! Okay, I got it. Go I ahead. Got it. I got it. I got it. So I think I told you guys about my Aries before. Um, it's one of, basically uh, one of the biggest exes I've ever had in my life. Okay. So I was young, I was dumb, and I wanted to be more full of cum. And <laughs> well, you can't argue with that. At the time, he was entertaining the locals. Oh. Our associates, uh, my associates, some people that I called friends. And the dick was just so bomb. 
so fucking a bomb that I was willing to do anything to have the dick just for me. Hmm. So, me being young, dumb, and wanting to be more full of cum, I found a way to drop each one of them bitches like a chess piece. Hmm. And I, I monopolized on the whole shit. Hmm. I was like, oh, so-and-so said this about you. What? Yeah, they said that about you. Sure did. They were gone. Next thing I know, I'm like, one's gone. Next bitch. Did it like that. Found out something else. Like, oh, well, how did he want you? And he's fucking so-and-so. Think about that. Next thing you know, that bitch gone. Next bitch. I kid you the fuck not. I was a hot-ass mess in my 20s. Mm. Especially my early 20s. I was just petty. All types of petty. But my karma was, we never got together. Damn. So you did all of that shit only to not be with the nigga. Not only, only to not be with the nigga. But I think shit. That's something else I did that was way worse. Because I really can't think of nothing. Uh, like, my thing was, I used to catch niggas in a lot of lies. That was like my thing. And that shit used to be fun as hell, yo. I'm trying to think. I've done worse. But that was like one of the worst things, I've, one of the most petty things I've ever done. Um, shit. Hmm. See, you can see you can't spring this type of question on people like that because now I got. It makes it fun for you to think about. Yeah, but see now I'm thinking like hella hard, like yo, what the fuck did I do? I think if it wasn't when I did that in my in my twenties. <sighs> We've all done some things with some, um, for a job. Eliminated some bitches. Like, I, the petty thing I really do, I don't really do petty shit in relationships because I'm just, I ain't got time. Because if I got to do some petty shit to you, I ain't got time. You can go. Relieve the spot for the next nigga. Um, shit. I gotta think more. Fuck. Like, um, my thing, my, well, I can think of the most petty, pettiest thing I've done, like, in the last, like, year or so. But it wasn't to anybody that I was in a relationship with. Go on. DLA. What did you do? So, there was this one attorney. You remember James, right? Uh, yeah. So, this one attorney. You know how I print my own banners for my scans and shit, right? So, I had to print multiple. So I kept going to the to the printer behind me, behind my desk, and my banners wouldn't be there. And I'm like, yo, I know I heard that printer go off and it printed something. And every time that I printed something, he was always back there. He was the common denominator. So I was like, oh, okay. Next time I print some shit, and I go back there and it's not there. We got a problem. So he was prepping for, for, I think it was a deposition or something like that. They was doing something. He was real busy printing a lot of shit. So I was like, okay, I got something for his ass. So I printed a couple more. And I had to keep printing the same ones over and over. So I was like, okay, let me go back there and see if my banners ain't there. Didn't see my banners, but guess what? I saw them in the trash. So I was like, oh, okay, so you're going to 
you see something with my name on it and you keep throwing it in the garbage. Okay, I got you. So he printed some real important paperwork. Real important. So what did I do? Soon as I heard it print, you threw it away. Nope. I grabbed it. And what did I do? I tore it straight down the middle and left it right there on the table. And then not only did I do that, I turned the printer off in the middle of it printing. And I sat my ass down. And I waited for him to come out. And you know he had to walk past me to go around. So I'm watching him walk past me. And he went back there, oh shit, like, oh, what the, what the fuck, the fucking print, like he's hitting it, trying to like fucking t- touch the buttons and shit. And I was like, this dumb motherfucker don't even realize I turned the shit off. You got an advanced degree. You got a degree higher than mine. And I don't, and you just don't realize that the printer's off, you fucking numb nuts. So he walks back into his office. He comes back out. I hear him ruffling through the papers. He saw that I ripped the shit down the middle and left it there. He's like, oh, what the fuck? And I sat and I watched him walk back to his office, walk back out, and he stood there. And he was like, did you do this? And I was like, I absolutely did. And I said, you saw those banners sitting in sitting in the, the printing tray? Oh my God. I said, did you, did you see those, those, those banners sitting in the printing tray with my name on them? Yeah, but I didn't think that they were, that they were needed. No, if it's not yours, you do not touch it. You leave it for the persons who come get it. So that's why your shit is ripped up and your shit's not printing. Because guess what? I turned the printer off. I said, now try that shit again. I'll unplug it. And take the I definitely thought I was going to get fired. But he ain't say shit. But I tell you that, I'll tell you one thing. He never threw the fucking he banners He never threw away. my fucking banners away. <laughs> and that's the thing I don't get about white people if it's not yours don't fucking touch it okay. because now you late for your deposition because you want to do some dumb shit and touch some shit that wasn't yours and you got your shit ripped up it don't do nothing to me I'm still getting paid I don't doesn't matter to me I was about to say fuck that was funny um. Mm. Yeah, I think that was like one of the most petty things I've ever done. Was do something like that? No, yeah. no, no. I gotta do back. You I need a reality do. show. I do. You do that I got. I got a do back from one of my friends at the time. So, and I guess this would be my last petty story. Um. My friend was dating this guy, and they we're fine it seemed like he wanted to get to know him and all that good stuff and mind you at the time my friend is a virgin so he's thinking it's okay to get this guy his virginity next thing you know he gives him the virginity he ghosts him yep so i was like yo what happened he was like i've been trying to call this nigga and he ain't answering the fucking phone like i'm trying to see him and now he's acting like i don't fucking exist so, come to find out, homie, all of a sudden, had been trying to talk to me. They, and he was adamant on trying to talk to me. 
So I straight and at the time his friend his best friend was trans. It I don't know if his best friend is still living. Mm-hmm. So I said I'm saying was in past tense, I'm not sure. And I remember I ran into him in Irvington Center and I was like, Oh shit <laughs> I was like I don't want him to see me Irvington Center at all. So his best friend saw me and um she was like and she was like, and she was about to say something. I'm looking at her. I'm like this. I'm like, so <laughs> next thing you knew, he um she took him in the opposite direction. I was like, thank you, right, girl. Like I had eighty six. This nigga, I played him. Kept on thinking that he was gonna get something from me, and he didn't get shit. The one thing I will always do, with my friends, you won't ever have to worry about no shit like that because I'll play the nigga for you and show him how to fucking feel. Okay, bet. You want to act like this? Let me help you. Bet. Played his ass. Like, don't ever do my friends like that. Let alone, you already tried to break friend code because you know we know each other. So it's like, girl, bye. <sighs> and that, that reminds me of when I first, like my freshman year of college, how, well, I don't even know how, well, me and this girl ain't, ain't that close no more, but I actually became best friends with a girl because we was fucking the same nigga. Now, we, just, we, we were all in college shit. together. I lost my virginity to this dude, right? Mm-hmm. So, we already know how, how that go. You know, you in love with the nigga and all that shit. So, we had went to this pop, like, this popular, like, I'ma say it was a bar. Honestly, because it was a small town upstate New York, we only had that one spot where everybody went to party, mm-hmm. and that was it. So we had all had went out. I didn't know her. I knew him. He was on the football team, and one of the the girl that she was with, her name was Rhonda. The mm-hmm. girl that she was with was dancing with someone else, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like you know that that's crazy. Like Dexter gonna kill her ass. That was the dude's best friend. Mm-hmm. She was like, wait a minute, how do you know Dexter? And I was like, oh, I know him through Chess. And she was like, wait, I know Chess. Like, how do you know him? And I was like, oh, like, me and him, cool. Like, you know, nothing nothing too serious. She's like, oh, okay, cool. Little did we know. We, we you know, talked. We had met up for lunch. And we was, like, talking, but we was exchanging stories about him. Mm-hmm. And we realized, oh, shit. He taught you that shit? I taught him that shit. Oh, girl. So we was kind of exchanging stories. So the shit that he would do with... So say, like, whatever he would do with me, he would do with her. And whatever he did with her, he would do with me. Uh-huh. So we didn't realize that the way that our dorms were set up in the quad, if he was in her room, he could see my room from her room. And the opposite. Oh, shit. So... We said, all right, well, one day we, we going to catch him. We, we going to catch him in a, um, in a lie. Mm. I was stupid back then. I was like, looking back at it, I was like, I wasn't even with that nigga. I don't even know what the fuck I cared for. But, of course, lost my virginity to him. Had had a special place in my, in my little cold black heart for him. Mm-hmm. So, she was like, all right, well... You come to my room because he, he told me that he was going to come over at 10 o'clock. And I was like, okay, so what are we going to do? She was like, well, we going we gonna to see, 
you know, what he's really talking about. Because if he said he was going to meet you at 10 and he told me he was going to meet me at 10, you know, something's got to, something's got to give, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool. Well, we'll see what he say. He start, we can hear him in the hallway. So I ran and hid in the closet. And he came in and he was like, oh, you know, I came to see you, da, da, da. And she's like, well, I thought you was seeing some other chick. And he was like, nah, like, I ain't seeing nobody else. You know, you know, we cool. You know, it's just you. So I'm in the closet sending him a text, right? Like, oh, I thought you was coming over. And the phone had went off and she was like, well, who is that? He was like, oh, it's just nobody. It's just nobody. She was like, oh, so it's nobody. Let me see your phone. So it just went into this whole fucking argument and she saw my message. She was like, oh, well, guess what? And he was like, what? He was like, she's here. And I came out of the closet and I was like, word, dude. Like, that's that's how we're going to do it. Yo, the look on his face was priceless. Fucking priceless. And I mean, yo, for me, it was like a thrill. Just catching niggas in lies. Like... And after a while, I just stopped doing that shit because I was like, fuck it. If I got to do all of that, then break up with him. Break up with him. Break up. That's why I ain't got no time. That's why you you be like, yo, why you be cutting people off so fast? Nigga, I ain't got time. Well, if y'all want to share y'all petty stories with us, please feel free. Please do. Please share it. We want to hear it. I need a good chuckle, a good laugh. Yes. You know, a good cackle in the cafe. Yes. And it, that time has come. That lovely, lovely time. The time has come. For the self-care tip. What's your self-care tip? It is okay to not be available. Oh. It is Ooh. okay to understand that you can't be everything to everybody all the time. Sometimes you have to understand you have to prioritize with certain people that in the roles they play in your life is okay to not be available or accessible to everybody. Mm. It's something I'm still learning and struggling with and the going on thirty two years of my of my existence. It is okay to not be available and accessible to everyone. You don't sometimes need to explain yourself. Sometimes it's just, listen, I wasn't available. Mm. And sometimes you can be unavailable in your house, sip some wine, smoke some weed, doing whatever you feel like doing. Exactly. You don't really owe anyone to say, I need a minute. I need to recharge. Exactly. It's a lot going on. You, you You don't owe anybody that. Now, if you just happen to be as close as me and Lonnie, if... He don't hear from me in the whole 24 hours. He call. And he be like, um, excuse me, where's you at? Knock, knock, bitch. Like this past weekend, like I had drill. I had my, my annual fitness test. And I was like, anxiety was at the wheels. She was like, all right, bitch, move over. I'm driving. And I couldn't see past whatever I had going on to be like, oh, shit. I really ain't hit him up in the whole day. And he was like, um, where's you at? What mind you, me being busy as hell still found time. Yes. Like, hey, had heard from you, sis. What's going on? And sometimes you gotta say, Yeah, I'm alive. I got A, B, and C going on, but 
if you don't want to talk, just say, yo, I'll, I'll, I'm alive, but I'll, I'll call you later. Or I got this going on right now. I'll call you later. Shaboom. And I didn't take offense to anything that she said at all, to be honest with you. Exactly. Aaliyah. So, my self-care tip comes from Auntie Yala since we spoke about her today. Oh, God. For, for a brief second. Oh, God. The past episode that she had on Friday. Um... You cannot make people out to be wrong just because they don't agree with you. Hmm. So, we all know how 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 easy it is to just drag somebody because their 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 thoughts don't align with ours. Yes. So it's like, okay, if your thought doesn't align with mine, you're automatically wrong. Come on, Jesus. A lot of people, and that, but that's how you can tell people have poor communication skills because they seek to argue about anything and everything that does not fit their idea or doesn't fit their experience. So, Lonnie can say, I don't like when you, what is something you don't like that I do? (sighs) He doesn't like when I'm a smart ass. He can say, Aaliyah, I don't like when you're a smartass. And you know what? If I if I don't feel that I'm being a smartass, I could say, you know what? Your idea of me is wrong and I'm going to drag you for it. That's the easy way to do it. But to say, okay, you don't like when I'm an asshole. I can work on it. But because you don't like that, it's okay that you don't like that. Or I can say, Lonnie, I don't like when you be twerking in the halls all day. You know what? Lonnie can say, you know what? I'll take that. You don't like when I twerk in the hallway. I like when I twerk in the hallway. But you know what? That's okay. This this fat jiggles back, so I don't understand. Oh, come on. I'm just saying. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, for, for the mental health tip, is it's okay if someone contradicts you. Sometimes it's okay to just let the shit go because what someone else's experience is does not mean that it has to be exactly to your experience. Right. We all experience things differently. I'm on Jesus. So you can't just make someone out to be 100% wrong because they perceive or they experience something about you that's different from what you are experiencing or putting out there. Right. I have a quick Ooh. Before we come end, on, come and on. normally we just end with the self care tip. Take your time, quick, Pastor. Take your time. Quick, quick rant. Um, earlier in the episode, we spoke about when they see us. Um, quickly and quite thoroughly, dear Linda Fairstein, you racist cunt ass bitch. Bitch. Fucking bitch. How dare you, in your narrow-minded way of thinking that you're bringing justice to women, convict five innocent young men, interrogate interrogate them illegally? What's most of them? I'm gonna insert something there. White women. White women. Because there were over three thousand rapes, and the majority of them went unsolved. So you want to sit here and impact the lives of these black boys forever? 
Yes, this is a cycle that we see all far too too all far too often in our lifetime and in our communities. But you, ma'am, took it upon yourself. Eat, oh, damn it, I can't say what I want to say. Shit. But oh yes, I can, yeah, you can't. I can can't. say what I need to say. Ma'am, you knew you were wrong. You were called out on several occasions that you were wrong. And you still stood by and being wrong. And then another big, huge fucking fuck you to y'all's fucking president. Because he has everything to fucking do with this. How dare you take out $85,000 and put out ads to add the fucking capital punishment to these young men. And they didn't do shit. You ain't apologized. You ain't said fucking boo to these boys. But yet you were willing to shovel out $85,000 without ads to add fucking capital punishment to New York State. It was Fuck a, you. Because it was a white woman. And we've already long established when something happens to the white woman, it's a wrap. But you sat there and it's sad. You knew that they didn't do this. You pushed up the time frame of the crime to acute to have them acquitted because they knew to have them accused because they knew if they did not frame them, they would not find anyone. And we already know how white people are when they can't find the person who has harmed their precious white woman. I'm gonna say one thing, and Aaliyah's gonna be so upset with me, but I don't care. He's right in their faces. And I'm going to leave it at that. On that note, mm. thank you guys so much for listening this week. We're so sorry about last week, but it was Memorial Day. Niggas needed need sleep, goddammit. He being nice about it, but niggas needed some goddamn sleep. Shit. Well, she said it the abrasive way. I'm saying it the nice way. Oh, um, I got to be abrasive? It's because I'm dark skin, ain't it? No, just because you're Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. And you already are abrasive mm-hmm. <laughs> in nature. And in now I know that. And then tell them, look at, oh God, you had don't need to know that. That Nork attitude came out of here like five and, seconds. And <laughs> we, we might put in the works with, with, a, with a, a video episode. Ooh, child, get up. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye.